Today, I am speaking with Sheila Sherman, and we're going to be talking about homeschooling and bacon. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. In 400 meters... In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Well, hello. Joining me today from the Calgary, Alberta area is Sheila Sherman. Sheila is a homeschooling mom of six kids, and she's been homeschooling for 28 years because Sheila and I decided that we count it from birth. She loves to share and give encouragement. And she also has a business. She is a platinum leader with Young Living. And so today we're going to talk about homeschooling and bringing home some income. Sheila, what can you add to that introduction? Well, hi, Rowan, and thank you so, so much for having me on today, and this is so exciting. I'm so excited to share with people, and what I'd love to add to that is that I have five boys. I'm just ecstatic, and I do mean it, that I have five boys. I have one very special, awesome daughter, and I want to remind people that this journey of helping to bring home the bacon was with five boys, a set of twins. My kids are uh, 28, 25. My daughter's 23. I have twins who are 21 years old. And then I have my 14-year-old. So I'm just at home with my last son, who was 14, and we're still homeschooling. And that is, you know, where, where we'll get started. We'll pick up from there. So I guess you could say that you and your husband specialize in sons. Yes, we do specialize in sons. and But, you know, I think I specialize in daughters as well. Sure, I'll be happy to. So with my daughter, uh, even though I had one, uh, or I have one, I shouldn't say had, I have one, uh, we had a little bit of a, a rocky um I don't want to say start. We started out fine, and then she hit the teenage years, and then we had a little bit of a rocky road there. And now it's come full circle. She's my 23-year-old, and we have the best relationship right now. It's just wonderful. And so I think that I have a little bit of insight on girls being one and having grown up as a girl myself, as well as my experience with my daughter, that I can also offer some um some encouragement to some homeschooling moms out there with their daughters as well. And, you know, maybe that could be a whole other episode. So we have three daughters and one son. We specialize in daughters too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think girls, 
I think girls go, I kind of call it going into their cocoon in their teenage years. And, um, and they do come out as a butterfly in the end, but sometimes it's a little, it can be challenging in relationships and it can be challenging for women to be sharing being the queen of like more, more than one queen of one castle kind of thing too, I found. Mm-hmm. Yes, I certainly agree with that. Um, of, I always say that my boys, all five of them, totality, they were easier than my one daughter. So... <laughs> Yes. Yes. I had three teenage daughters at one time. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I lived to tell and so did they. But you know, I learned a lot. I I think for a little while, I think I may have lost the hearts of my older two. Just uh, not, they need to kind of individuate younger than say my boy needed Mm -hmm. to. And, and I was too busy you know, being responsible, (laughs) being, you know, instead of just keeping a hold of their heart while they're on this crazy ride of being an adolescent woman. So yeah, I got them back though. And I've done a bit better with my third daughter, but (laughs) it's the whole point of this is that um, parenting is a learning experience. As I've said to my kids, you know, it's our first time doing it. (laughs) We've never done this before. Right. We get to practice on them, <laughs> the older ones. <laughs> I know. I call them my poor guinea pigs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So today is our homeschooling and bacon feature. So tell us some of the ways that you've been bringing home the bacon while at the same time homeschooling your children. All right. Awesome. Well, 11 years ago now, I found Um, The perfect match for me and my homeschooling as far as a home business is concerned. And I don't know that I was necessarily looking for a home business. I was a stay-at-home mom without a home business and homeschooling my six kids. And at the time that I found this business, I I had a high schooler and two junior highs, two in junior high, two in grade school, and one preschooler. So I wasn't looking to do anything more than that. Uh, Having kids at every grade level was definitely enough. But what happened was I discovered Young Living Essential Oils, and I absolutely love the essential oils. And 11 years ago, it wasn't as prominent all over essential oils as it is now. So it was I had heard of aromatherapy, but it was basically new to me. And as I started using the oils for myself and for my family, I just knew that it was something that I wanted to, um, I think I'm going to have to quiet down a dog. Uh, Sorry about that. But I knew that it was something. It's all good. We all have families and pets that are listening. Yes, exactly. And we have a house full of that, a house full of pets as well. And I knew I wanted to have that health benefit for my family. And the more I use the oils, the more I wanted to share with other people about essential oils. So that is the main thing that I had been doing for the last 11 years. And it was perfect for me because I wanted something that it could work around my family. So it could work around me 
uh, homeschooling all of these kids and I could tailor make it around our own schedules. And also what ended up becoming very important to me was that I could teach my kids, I could model for my kids to be an entrepreneur and to have their own businesses. That was important to me in my home schooling was to teach uh, not so much go get a job, which is perfectly fine. I'm not knocking jobs, but I really wanted to teach my kids to innovate, to create their own thing that they could then bring to the marketplace. And so Young Living was that perfect vehicle for me to help teach them. It became a part of our homeschooling. The products became a part of our homeschooling. And that was very important to me too, something that could integrate into my family. So in other words, it wasn't something that was taking away from my family time. It was something that I could integrate into my homeschooling, into my family time and work it around what was best for us. So it was like the perfect opportunity for me and for with with me homeschooling. And then currently I have published or I am publishing a prayer journal. And right now this prayer journal is for women who are entrepreneurs and it's tailored towards women who are entrepreneurs. And I will be also launching in May ish, (laughs) a prayer journal for homeschoolers. So those are. That is so amazing. I didn't even know that yet. I didn't tell you that part yet. (laughs) I just thought of it when I was looking, when I was just kind of thinking about what should I talk about? I said, oh yeah, I guess I should mention my prayer journals. (laughs) They're very new to me, but I should be launching the first one in this month, a pre-launch, which is the one for women entrepreneurs. And then following that, I will be launching one for homeschoolers. So I'm very excited about that endeavor. That's amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. So what we're going to do is once you get that ready to go, I can update the show notes for this episode and make sure that we get those on the bottom of the page so that those listening can get a hold of those. And I'm personally interested in the entrepreneurial journal, being an entrepreneur myself. So yeah, so I was thinking when you were talking about how you were incorporating your business with your family and that that's such an important part of their education. I'm a history buff, as you know, and I couldn't help but think that, you know, before the Industrial Revolution, that is what was normal. That's how children were educated. They were home educated and they either uh, were educated on the farm or in the family business or a combination of both. And that's what was normal for thousands of years. It's only the last couple hundred that, you know, have been separating kids and their parents and other than apprenticeship programs, which they had back in historical times. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's neat that you could do those things. How did you find it? You were able to include your children a lot, but did you ever find that you had to constantly like refocus priorities? Because I don't know about you, but when I did a when I was an executive manager with Tupperware, for example, I I uh, my kids were younger, but I tended to um, have to really watch, like not getting carried away with that, and, and you know focusing on the kids. Was that ever a challenge for you? Oh yes. <laughs> definitely, definitely a <laughs> yeah. challenge. Um, there, there's no 
Well, I, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself and everybody else I know who has to juggle kids, whether they're homeschooling or not, and their home businesses. One of the challenges is uh, learning to turn it off, right? You oh, yes. want to accomplish those goals in your business. And for me, because I love what I do, I could do it 24 seven. I could literally say, okay, kids, see you later. I'm just going to focus on this. But of course, God in his, in his mercy and grace says, no, you have children. Okay. So go ahead and keep them as a priority. So there's that temptation because I think we're raised in, in our generation to accomplish and to achieve And then there's always that, oh, I'm just a mom feeling that some of us have to fight. Well, being just a mom is like the most awesome thing on the planet, right? But yet that little voice that we shouldn't be listening to sometimes says, oh, but wait a minute over here, because this shows how, I don't know, how much you can achieve in life. And I'm so glad that my kids were those uh, little interruptions to remind me where my priorities were. And I'd love to be able to sit here and say, hey, I wanted family to be first all the time. And I did. But then there was always that little tug there. And so I'm grateful for um, that reminder when I needed it to focus on them and keep them first and keep my husband first as well, because it's you know, my husband's very independent. I'm very independent. And it's easy to just keep going our separate ways and then saying, no, we need to come together and, you know, make sure we're uh, acting like husband and wife and our kids actually see us together sometimes. So there's always going to be something that we have to to juggle because it's different when we start. And if we didn't step into if we didn't have a home business before we started having children, if we had the children first and started homeschooling first, and now we're integrating home uh, our home business, then there's always some type of adjustment, and there's always that readjustment of of priority. And the further, the more successful I became in my business, the more successful I wanted to become. It kept growing in me. So God always kept me on the girlfriend. Right I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So um, sometimes, especially if you're entrepreneurial like you are and and uh, your husband sounds a lot like mine and about just being so independent and making sure we're not going our separate ways, that we're really prioritizing each other and also the children. I did not realize how goal-oriented I was until I got in that kind of business. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just do your job and you get paid to party, whatever, you love it. And, and you get given all these gifts and applause and accolades every week. And then you go home and you clean the toilet and (laughs) you don't get any applause. You don't get any accolades. So, you know, you don't realize that it's easy to be externally motivated by that kind of thing. And, uh, and really to have that vision of the importance of mothering and parenting and, and the importance of what you're doing. And in, in my case, um, I ended up having to just scale that way back because 
you know, I started to do a party a week and I thought that'll be great. It'll be grocery money. And next thing you know, I have all these teams and I'm speaking at the conferences and just, you know, it's carried, I get carried away with things. So (laughs) it's easy. So that's, (laughs) I'm sure that's helpful for someone listening to, you know, to uh, just really keep the priorities in check there. I I was going to say, I don't really think kids, especially if you're a homeschooling mom, I don't think they, you can really get away with it anyway, not keeping them as a priority because, you know, they're, they're still there. They're going to need you and your heart is for your kids. Definitely. So when those needs come up, it's just those reminders all the time that, Hey, this is, this is also a huge part of your life. And not that we ever really forget it. It's just that we love that other side as well. We love to have both. So I I just think for me, it's been a positive, positive experience, positive growth, no matter how frustrating things. I learned to not look at things as frustrating. I learned to look at everything as part of the journey and also grateful for whatever lesson I'm supposed to learn from it. And it just totally eliminated feelings of frustration or being torn between the two. It's just sort of, this is the lesson I'm supposed to learn right now. And over here, there's a lesson over here. It, it's all intertwined into one. And so I just love it. That's so great. So what are some routines or resources that you use that you've used to help keep things going and running in your household and in your homeschool and in your business and family? Is there any, are there any tips you could share with us? Sure. Um, One of the things I started integrating was getting up early in the morning when my kids and everybody's different. So I'm not, it just, gives you more hours in the day when you need more hours in the day. It gives you, if you can get up before everyone else, then that kind of gives you your, your me time, your focus time, maybe your work time. I try to, I work on my things before my son gets up. So I'll get up pretty early. It's a little bit harder to do in the winter when it's really cold and it's still very dark. dark. Um, Yes. But I have a puppy that like clockwork wakes me up to take him, take her outside (laughs) at six o'clock in the morning. And once I get up and I'm, you know, bundled up and I go outside in the cold, I'm wide awake. So I might as well stay up anyway. So I'm pretty much at six o'clock and my son does not get up at six o'clock in the morning. So um, then I have some of that time to regroup and focus for the morning. So I would say getting up first thing in the morning, which is a free resource. Just, you could just get up on your own. Um, That's right. And make your bed too, right? Yes. The other thing I found really helpful is uh, my first five kids were all homeschooled together. There's a seven year gap between my youngest and then the next youngest of the first five kids. And so now Levi is homeschooling by himself. The second resource is Classical Conversations, which is a homeschooling community throughout Canada. And it is because my son was homeschooling by himself now, my 14-year-old, he's the only one left at home. And there's that seven-year gap 
so my first five had each other and Levi is homeschooling on his own. So I wanted to find a community for him of homeschoolers that were around his same age that he could socialize with and learn with. And we started that we're in our fourth year and it's been working well for him. So it it keeps him accountable. He's in challenge now, what's called challenge. And it is a challenge. It's a challenging curriculum, causes them to think and it keeps him accountable. It keeps me accountable. I learn alongside with him and I could easily maybe have put him in a a program for online or that type of thing. All those things are great, whatever works for your family. But because Levi was by himself, I wanted to also learn alongside with him at home. And so it keeps me accountable to him, him accountable to me, and us accountable to our, our schooling time. So I love classical conversation. So that's kind of a little plug for classical conversations. And I will we'll put a link down on the yes. show notes to that. And I believe we're going to be having them on the podcast as well. So we'll look forward to that. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, and then the prayer journaling is definitely, definitely something that has helped me in my homeschool. I've been journaling off and on since high school. And I'll, I'll let you all guess how long ago that was. I won't say, <laughs> but I've been journaling off and on. And with my prayer journal, it's that focus time with God in the morning. It could be any amount of time, but my time grew from just, you know, getting in 10 minutes and it just grew and grew and grew to hours I would get up at four in the morning sometimes, only in the summer, though. Can't quite make that in the winter. I was going to say, you're summer, a better woman I'd than me, up. Sheila. <laughs> it works in the summer. It does beautifully. You can watch the sunrise on this side in Alberta. Um, the sun is coming up at five o'clock in the morning, sometimes like quarter to five. It's just absolutely wonderful. And that's when I can get my early mornings in. And I just love that. that time with God and writing out my prayers and writing out gratitude and writing out even ideas. I call them divinely inspired ideas that God would give me for my business and would give me for my family. It's just awesome. So um, I love that. And yeah, it's, it's amazing actually. And so you know, it, no one has to get my prayer journal. You could just grab a notebook and start journaling. Get a notebook from anywhere and start journaling. And one note I just would like to teach about journaling is it's not a complaint journal. It's a prayer journal. So I like to tell people there is a difference. <laughs> oh, come on, David, you it's know, sometimes huge. poured out his soul and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that I used to But he to keep always a ended up with journal. Hope I really thou did. God, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I actually I actually didn't find as much results in my business in my homeschooling <laughs> Not when so many I had benefits. a complaint journal. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not helpful to look back on that and, you know, No, to, I keep don't your think record so. of wrongs and stuff I, like that. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, yes. And then you're more likely to keep it as a keepsake. So it's a prayer journal. It's something you can pass down to your kids that they could go, oh, wow, you know, check out mom. And that's not to say we don't have frustrations and complaints and all of those. I just don't really, I think it could be more effective if we focus on God's God and his word than if we focus on the issues. You got to acknowledge the issues, but and there's nothing wrong with that, but you just don't stay in that place. And some people believe you need to write them all down. We have all to your be frustrations thankful and, and think I, of things that yeah. we can have gratitude exactly. for. Yeah, exactly. Just go that other direction and it's so much better. <laughs> well, this is too much fun, Sheila. I'm kind of looking at our clock and thinking that uh, we're going to have to definitely get together and talk again. So maybe when you've got your journals ready to launch, it would be good to have you on here mm-hmm. and we can talk about more about journaling and we can help you get your journal launched out into the wide world. Now we're going to mm-hmm. have what we call the home stretch, which is just when mm-hmm. we have some quick questions toward the end. I ask almost everyone the same thing. And, uh, and so are you ready for the home stretch? Yes. At a girl. Okay. What has been your worst homeschool moment? I don't have a particular day or moment that was the worst moment, but it was more like a season. It was a season of okay. homeschooling where... That's okay. Yep. Okay. So this is kind of how I'm going to pose my answer, okay? That it was more like a season of the worst time, I guess, in my homeschooling in 30 in 28 years was when at some point it seemed like it was all in vain. At some point it was like, why am I doing this? And, you know, I say this jokingly now, but I used to say to a friend, homeschooling friend of mine, and we talk about, you know, some of our frustrations with homeschooling. And I would say, if I wanted these results, I would have sent them to school. And it was like, wait a minute, what's going on? This is not what's supposed to be happening. This is not what I signed up for when I decided to homeschool. And it was just basically a season of when I had certain expectations of my what my homeschool was supposed to look like. And my kids, they were looking like who they were. And I wasn't, I wasn't willing for a while to accept them as they were because I had this vision of who they were supposed to become through my homeschooling. And I am so grateful that oh, yes. uh, it was actually... I, I hear what you're yeah. saying there. <laughs> and I am so grateful that of that lesson. So even though it seemed like, and it appeared at the time like my worst time in my homeschooling, it was actually the best time in my homeschooling because what it did was it helped me not cling to this vision that I, of expectations that I had for my kids. And it's okay to have expectations. I'm not saying don't have expectations, but what I am saying is um, maybe acknowledge when our kids are being who they are and how we need to, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just just help draw out 
the better, the, the great parts of who they are instead of trying to keep them in the box that we want them to be. And I'm able to do that now with my younger one because of the experience with my, yeah. my older kids, my guinea pigs, the ones I had to practice on. And <laughs> it totally improved my relationship with all of my kids because I went through a time where I just said, they are shaping up the way they're supposed to. <laughs> but they're awesome. Yeah. Awesome it's like a course correction, right? Now. Yes. Yes. And who they are as people now, I wouldn't trade that for anything. They're, they're awesome. So that proverb that says, train up a child in the way he should go, I believe in the original, it means according to their particular bent. And so mm -hmm. we think it's like, we need to train them the way they should go. But really, it's really knowing your child and training them up to be the way the person that God has called them to be. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And I now can look at it as I now realize that it really is a ministry. Uh, parenting is a ministry. And if we can look at the, the things that we're correcting in our kids as it's good that God let us see that part of them that we need to minister to rather than it be hidden and we think that they, you know, they're shaping up to our expectations and it's like, oh, they're so great. And they are great. Our kids are great no matter what, right? But it's, we're not getting the glimpses of those areas where we can help to shape and mold and minister to them if we're not allowing those things to come through because they're needing to fit into our image of who they should be. So I was I was pretty much like that. It was like, these kids are going to be this way. And this is how this is all going to go. If I do all the right things. <laughs> and <laughs> well, the formula, <laughs> right? The formula. I had that formula down and each one of my kids said, Nope, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> so it exactly. was, it was a fun time and we all can talk and laugh about it now. <laughs> Yes, hindsight is more amusing than being right in the thick of things, that's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So in a way, you've kind of answered the next thing, which was what mm -hmm. advice would you give someone just starting homeschooling? I think we have that is to, you know, to help shape our kids to be who they are and not who we necessarily want them to be. Yes. Yeah. So if you could leave yeah, the listeners with a word of encouragement, what would you say? Hmm. What I see on the internet these days is a lot of homeschooling moms, like I'm in a lot of homeschooling groups. I see a lot of moms feeling like, what if I ruin my kids? What if I'm not good enough or I'm not good enough or I'm getting comments from, you know, whoever is in their circle that, you know, why, how do I qualify to homeschool? And I just want to say that don't listen to any of that. I really want to encourage home, new homeschoolers to A, get whatever your philosophy is for homeschooling. First of all, you made that decision to homeschool, stand by it, and then do whatever you have to do to help educate yourself 
on for that journey, whether it is these podcasts like this, whether it's online uh, conferences, going to conferences, you need to feed yourself that encouragement and the facts about homeschooling so that you do not question that decision all through your homeschooling. Now, will there be a day that you might question it because there's some rough times? Yes, I had those too. But deep down inside, I knew I was a homeschooling mom. I knew we were a homeschooling family and I knew nothing was going to change that. I knew that those frustrating moments yeah, you have to were be just almost frustrating moments. Yeah. So we do have a printable that helps you to come up with your vision for your homeschool on the resources page of the podcast website. So check that out. It gives you some questions to ask uh, to help you find your inspiration, your strong why for what you're doing. And then it has some words that you can use to craft your statement with. So have a peek at that. It's a free printable. Help yourself to it. And uh, Sheila, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We will definitely talk again. And uh, I just appreciate all of your wisdom and taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate being here. And I appreciate sharing with everyone. And uh, I just just want to say, be be positive and confident. Be a confident homeschooler. You have it in you. That's right. I agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others to find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!